So thank you um, for having me. I'm sat with Jodie Karras, um, and you are founder of The Self Space. Yes, that's right. So tell us about The Self Space. So this, I was just thinking actually this morning that we're almost two years old. Uh, yeah. In 10 days, we'll be two years old. Self Space is a contemporary mental health um, service. And we are really interested in um, shaping culture around mental health and how we can destigmatize that, which is why we launched Self Space. How did, um, how did you get to the point where you launched Self Space? Or what was your journey to that point? So I've been a therapist for 16 years. Before that, I was a television presenter. Yeah. And I really felt that um, I was lucky to have found myself in a new profession because I thought that what I wanted to do was be in TV. And then when I got there, it was really hard work. And then when I got there, I was really unhappy. And I found therapy through my training. But had I not, I don't know how I would have accessed it. And being in therapy really changed my life and my relationship to others I guess Um, but the reason I started it was because uh, I felt that there was a massive gap in the market for a mental health space that spoke to wellness as opposed to ill health because I think we associate mental health with being unwell yeah 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 um I really like I remember hearing you say that and I really really liked it because it completely reframes our association from a negative to just looking after yourself totally and, and the idea that we only access support when we're in crisis which is how yeah. we think in the UK mostly and we go to the NHS which does an amazing job but that's where sick people go and I really think we've got to work hard to reshape our attitude towards the idea that having really good mental health or even good mental health is hard work it's not a given it's like having good physical health we need to work at it and put good things into our bodies and in the same way as mental health it's hard work to Mm. stay well and that's okay Mm. well um when so the people that come to self space do do you feel that you have people that come from sort of maintenance rather than crisis points Yes, both really. Um, our, one of our lines is um, everyday mental maintenance and nice. the other one's a good conversation with a qualified person, both of which I think normalise the space around talking about feelings. People come to us for a range of things, so they can come in crisis. My experience is therapy actually works best when we're not in crisis. Mm. Um, it's a good support <laughs> space when we are, but actually to really do the work, we're better to do it in space in the spaces between. Yeah. Um, and so we offer a range of um, you know services, and we mostly work with everybody. Um, and uh, we like the idea that people are coming before crisis point as well. Yeah. I we I recorded a podcast with my husband. It was the first one I released, and we talked about um, our relationship after having children, which was really in fucking crisis. <laughs> um, and we we sought out therapy, and we ended up doing it for eighteen months every week. Um, and we it took us from crisis to a good place, but we also kind of made that agreement that it would be something that we touched in on ongoing to keep our relationship in a healthy place but we did you know I think it is that thing that when you go somewhere in crisis you hit that crisis point but you maybe don't go to what's underneath it and how you got to that point in the first place I agree yeah did you go back have you been back to we have been back yeah yeah yeah, we have been back we don't go back we I mean we don't go weekly no but you really expensive (laughs) yeah yeah I mean maintenance is topping up 
And that's yeah. what I think, you know, that's what self-space does. It see autonomy is with the client, so they can book when they want. Yeah. There's no obligation to come. Self-care is uh, self-owned. Whereas yeah. historically, I think it, the power has been with the therapist, which can be very useful, but we're trying to do it differently, which means that you two decide we want to check back in. Yeah. And then you book and you go and it's easy. And yeah. It, take, it takes off. It's, it's de-barriering. Totally. If that's even a yeah. term. But it, it makes it just easier to yeah. access. Yeah. Um, but that's good that you stayed with it. So you came out of the crisis and it's more likely not to repeat when you approach it that yeah. way. Yeah. 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 I think... Um, yeah, it's had such a positive effect on us. And I, th- I mean, I think that everyone should go to therapy. <laughs> like, Me too. All the time. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> yeah. Um, it's been really, yeah, a really positive marker for our relationship. How did you find someone? Was it a challenge to you know what find ha- someone? Yeah, we had a really bad uh, sort of false start where we found someone we went to a couple of, and she was recommended by a friend of ours um, who doesn't know her personally but works in the same field. And um, we went to a couple of sessions with her, and at the end of our la- what turned out to be our last session, she kind of we were sat on separate chairs facing her, and she said, um, "You know, I don't see how you can move on from this if you can't trust each other." And that's time. <laughs> and oh we were goodness. like, "Oh my fucking god!" You know, and, and we'd like paid someone to look after our. I think our eldest was like eighteen months at the time, so we we had to go straight from that space and sort of being left on a ledge almost to going, um, this is going to turn to a therapy session, I can tell it already, to going, um, to going back to our child and sort of then holding ourselves in a different space and, and you go back to that, well, we can't deal with this right now, so let's push it right down and go back to parenting because we need to be able to sort of, um, to parent, you know, to work. Um, and then we didn't go back to therapy, I think, for months after that. We were like, we kind of didn't do anything. We well, just it's froze. Frightening. Yeah, it like, Where you. does that leave us? Terrible. Um, and it was actually, my husband runs a well wellbeing festival every summer, and it was one of the contributors that came to that, and we were sat around the campfire. All sounds very like hempy, but it isn't. Um, we were sat around the campfire, and he was saying that him and his wife had been going to a Margot therapy, mm-hmm. and that they do that ongoing, and that it's a real lifeline for them, and it keeps them keeps them working um so my husband was like oh well let's look it up so yeah we ended up doing imago therapy great um and we found a therapist who we are both really fond of and have a really good relationship with her so we enjoy seeing her which takes out again like another barrier totally and i think that's exactly the approach but also moderating practice is so important that we have professional people in the field and I'm not saying the first person that you went to wasn't yeah but it is of a concern when you're (laughs) left in a vulnerable place and you were obviously strong enough to stay on track but imagine had you not been and that's why uh, I also wanted to create a brand that people were attached to as opposed to an individual yeah so the attachment is also to the therapist but there's an idea of a brand that you can trust in this space so it doesn't matter which city you are in is our hope you can go to self space and know that the quality of your care will be good enough yeah yeah Um, that's so true quality control Totally, and there are lots of brilliant practitioners that operate on their own, but there's also a a space where we don't know because it's only you and the therapist in the room. Mm. And so it's, um, and it's a very vulnerable, it can be a very vulnerable place. Definitely. So safeguarding people is so important. It's a huge responsibility, actually. I hadn't even 
that hadn't sort of came come into my periphery, obviously, as someone that goes but isn't someone that's holding that space. Mm. The responsibility it's a big of a responsibility, and sometimes I look at our caseload and I think okay, there's quite a lot of responsibility here. And, you know, fortunately, you often find in the field that therapists are deeply responsible and that's why they do what they do. Yeah. But it, it's a big job and doing it well is really important to us um, and to me. And for us to push change, which is what we want to do, mm. um, we also need to really hold on to the rigour and uh, the foundations of what we know work and what keep people safe as well as expanding and pushing things outwards um, to change. So yeah. it's a real paradox to, to hold, I guess. And sometimes I, I practice myself uh, one day a week because it's really important to stay grounded and connected to what's actually happening with people. Yeah. Um, and so yeah, and not sort of be too far Almost removed. pulling the strings, but not in the in Not the engaged with the work. Yeah. yeah. So how many therapists do you have? working with self-space? I think we've got 27 now um, and we're just kind of expanding um, and I'm just really cautious not to grow too fast to make sure that we're doing everything well. Um, we also service um, companies so we work with loads of different partners, um, lots of the big advertising agencies, Stella McCartney, the Soho House Group, mm. um, really interesting and um, exciting partners that we we feel um, invested in and yeah. that they care about people we don't partner with everybody yeah um, it has to matter not be a tick box exercise yeah yeah yeah, yeah. and mm. I guess that's quite rife in, yes in corporate well it can be I think there's an, an appetite now to really do it well but in the past it's been in policy we've got a policy on mental health that's fine and not really engaging with what does it actually mean to care for our people because you don't just have a work head and a home head you have the whole Thing. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Those those boundaries are breaking down. I think. Yeah, definitely. And I think you see that in industries like fashion, media, TV, sort of industries that I guess are known for being quite cut and dry. Mm. Um, and I say that as someone that used to work in fashion, and actually was just like, mm, I can't do this. It's making me ill. Mm. Um, and also, I because the speed at which you have to produce stuff as well is, I think, in that industry is tough. The demands are real. But I think if companies hold the reality that it's hard to work here, you know, it's really hard work, yeah. but we also really care, yeah. those two things don't have to live in isolation. I think the days are passing where people pretend that working in a company isn't hard work. Yeah. So I think there is much more ownership of it. Like, we can't say we want to make the best work of our lives and this just be a DOS because it isn't going to be, and I'm not suggesting that was your experience, no, but, but yeah. I think companies are much more responsible yeah. for saying, look, the, this is what the reality is like of working here and being part of this, and if you want that, that's amazing. We know it's tough, but we're going to give you some support. Yeah. What do you think, what do you think has changed that culture? I think it's had to change because I think people have become much more articulate about their needs. I think people expect more. Yeah. Um, I also think there's a pride around making the best work of our lives, whatever context that's in. Whereas I think there was a period of time, you know, in the 80s where it was really hard on the party side and not so much work. I can't, I'm not quite sure to be honest what the change is, but I think people are starting to realize that people are whole they yeah. can't do amazing work and um, be feeling rubbish, undervalued, and all of those things. And overworked. Not, yeah, yeah. I exactly. think that it's, it definitely feels like that's um, 
well, not a movement, that's not the right word, but that, that the um, culture is changing. And I think that ties in with things like flexible working, mm. um, maternity and paternity leave, and trying to find that e- equality. Definitely. And I think, you know, companies are doing lovely things now. We have phone calls from our partners saying, can we provide couples work, which I think is wow. great. And there's yeah. a real evolution in that. Um, but I think what should come with that as well is a responsibility on people not to push back on companies to say I'm so stressed and it's because of this yeah. because I also think it's a responsibility with the individual yeah. how do I manage my boundaries how do yes. I vocalise how do I know that I'm doing what I want to do and I accept that it's going to be tough yeah. and I'm not saying that's, that, that everybody should be a walkover but I don't think it's also solely the company's yeah. fault and yeah, I think that true. sometimes it flips that way yeah. and so we get lots of companies saying can you come and do a resilience training which I would imagine is born from the fact loads of people are saying they're stressed and I say well we can talk about resilience but we also need to talk about vulnerability because they come hand in hand and if you're happy for that then we can do it Mm. and how do we make acceptance and take ownership and responsibility as people and as companies yeah i think it's 50 50 that's such an i mean it's such a valid but also really interesting point because i think you're right there's been so much pushback on more corporate companies and that that the workers are almost victimized Mm. but personal boundaries it's a skill that we have to learn, Absolutely. right? And maybe that comes into play more in your 30s or 40s. I would imagine not so much in your teens and 20s, which is when most of us enter a workforce. I think, yes. I mean, I think it's happening earlier because it's got to. Mm. But I think that what can happen is these kind of systemic, um, the underlying systemic things that we might feel in families, which is angry resentful let down loved whatever they are sometimes they play out at work yeah institutionally yeah and so if you if you have a propensity to blame your parents it's probable that you'll also blame your workplace and so that's where therapy really helps so i think companies think that therapy might help in a slightly more direct way but i often think it works in the oblique yeah because those things get sorted out often yeah. And then we see it play out at work. Yeah, and our behaviours don't just come out of the blue. They're, exactly. they're, it's a lot to do with our conditioning it's and our learned behaviours. And Yeah, yeah definitely. Um, so your, the Self Space platform I came across on Instagram, and we talked about this briefly, but I'm really interested in how social media affects our mental health. Um and how you feel about that as a platform. Is it, are you primarily booked or via sort of social media? Have you found that a lot of your traffic has come through that? We do have quite a lot of traffic through because social. Because you've got a really large following, haven't We've you? We've got a large following. Um, I was saying to, we have one of our lead practitioners is wonderful and he runs our social. Um, it's a beautiful page. It's if lovely. You're listening. Yeah. <laughs> Chance Marshall. Um, it's... Uh, what I really like about it is that it's written by a therapist, so there's a real gravitas to what's being yeah. said, but but there's also a real sense of um, connecting to people. So we have lots of messages around that really spoke to me and all of those things. Now, that doesn't mean anything in my mind if we aren't offering a service underneath that, yeah. because otherwise it just stands alone, and that, for me, is um, not that useful. I think... Instagram especially as a platform is already is quite rife with a nice grid and lots of inspirational uplifting quotes 
it's going to be a bit of a bitch, but you know, that, that actually that, that from people that aren't necessarily qualified to give that advice or hold people in the space that need that advice. Exactly. And I, I think that some of these things are great and I like looking at them and yeah. I also like reading them, but it, I think if you're vulnerable and you want to speak to somebody who's behind the platform, then what happens? And I think that can be a bit messy. Um, we tend to direct people from our social. We don't engage in lots of dialogue, you'll see. Yeah. And we tend to try to get people in the room if we feel that's needed. Yeah. Um, in terms of the social media th kind of thing, <laughs> I I guess I feel a bit ambivalent about it myself. I have... I, I can see its value and I can see how it connects people, how it's inspirational, how it's useful, but I can also see that it's quite dangerous. Mm. It's quite addictive. Um, I think there's quite a dark subtext often. Um, but I think if you have a penchant for that, you have a hook, you're going to find it anywhere. Yeah. So it's no different than in the 50s and 60s and magazines were the big thing. Yeah. If you're going to find it, you're going to find it. Yeah. And I think the work is in dealing with the hook to those things as opposed to Again, resisting what's happening in the world yeah it's almost it's like a, i see a parallel between that relationship between employer and employee it's having the responsibility for yourself yeah right? exactly and, and creating your own boundaries in whichever space you're you're in exactly and we can't just treat the symptom we have to so if if our use of social media is not healthy that's a symptom mm. of something else we have to go to the cause mm. so if we get rid of social media that won't get rid of the problem yeah that's my feeling else. yeah that's what i think um and so that's why we use it as a space um and i really am proud of our social media um but it isn't the thing that makes the change the things that makes the change is the person showing up in the room and doing the work mm. and Before, from um an accessibility point of view though i think the work that or the well, the work that Salespace is doing on Instagram as a platform, are you on other social medias? We do use um, Facebook, but not very much, to it's be honest. Kind of, yeah. yeah, it's kind of dying out. <laughs> dying out, yeah. Um, but I think the work that you do on Instagram, it is taking away a huge barrier to certainly younger generations of people that would perhaps see therapy as something again, that you go to when you're at crisis point or that has a lot of stigma around it. And I think by putting it on social media, you're making it incredibly accessible. I hope so. I hope as well it gives a flavour for where we think the space should be headed. So, you know, it's notoriously been, you know, finding a therapist has been quite a difficult, dark kind of, not dark necessarily, but not, where do you not very start? attractive as a space to search um, yeah. aesthetically not very pleasing all of those things and I think that what we're doing is really trying to push all the things that we also think matter that are which are you know nice strong branding a place that people can relate to people yeah. and practitioners that people can relate to and feel inspired by um, so I hope that our feed is both insightful backed up with um, theory but also feels good in some way it looks good it feels fresh and that's yeah. what I hope the space feels like for mental health 
Yeah. Taking away from this idea that it's got to be scuttling into side doors with yeah. no one seeing us. You know, people tend to um, take pictures of themselves and at us and say, I'm going to check in with my therapist. And I really like that. Yeah. Because that all changed culture. Oh, yeah. right, it's not a big deal. Massively. Yeah, yeah. absolutely. I think um, when my husband and I went to therapy, we told everyone everyone that would listen (laughs) because we were like this is fucking incredible like the you know and everyone should do it um and we were constantly met with oh oh cool well well done for going but it was quite a shock that it was like yeah this is and people and that you were talking about and and it's fine like you know why why not in america they're really good at that yeah. They say a lot, you know. If Everyone you don't have has a therapist. therapist. There's something wrong with yeah, 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 yeah. So it's they're so a little ahead yeah. of us. We're not quite there. We're much more private yeah. in the UK. Typically British. Typically British <laughs> yeah. and not British. Yeah. But actually, with um, that kind of takes me on to my next question. Do I feel that, and I've, I feel that when we are in a place of discomfort emotionally, or if we see something that, you know, creates a bit of a spiral or an uneasy feeling, then that's when we have a, aha, there's work to be done here. This is good. Like, I found something that I can work through in order to to feel better, mm-hmm. in or, you know. Do you think that we perhaps seek comfort and if it's uncomfortable, we tend to push it away? Is yes. That, is that uh, a bit of a tricky question, isn't it? Do you think, is, is it... Um, a, the human propensity to push away the more difficult things. Yeah. I guess they sit more in the unconscious, in the kind of shadowy parts of ourselves, po- yeah. probably. I don't think we like being uncomfortable as people, but I think what you might be trying to say is that perhaps change is uncomfortable. Perhaps yeah. the the knife edge of change is not a nice space. And, and I often think of it as the pain before change. And it... Some people can stay in there for a very long time before the change comes. Yeah. And I I think that perhaps there is... Um, what we are very good at is defending against the pain or the feeling. So drinking, yeah. um, drugs, adultery, you know, the use of sex, the way dating happens. These are all kind of tactics for disguising the more uncomfortable, difficult feelings that people yeah. might have. Um, yeah, yeah. Yeah, it's a disconnect, isn't yeah, it? Yeah, whereas I think therapy is a space where you can sit with another in your discomfort. And in that, there's some comfort. Yeah. I hope. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Um, um, I, I think of it... I kind of think of it as... Say you haven't been to the gym or you haven't worked out for like a year. Case in point is me. And I know that I'll feel better once I start looking after myself. Mm. But to get to that point, you have to go through the... The, the like... Rubbish. Gristle, yeah. Yeah, yeah, but then you know when you come out the other side, like how good you can feel. Yes, and I think that what can happen is it can feel a bit like you're at sea in a really bad storm and you can lose sight that it is transient. I think sometimes yeah. when we're in it, you know, we can forget that there is land. It might just take a while to get there. And that can be, that's when people feel like they're most overwhelmed, I think. Yeah, 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 definitely. Um, but just talking about that idea of how we use kind of exercise and looking after ourselves, what I do find is that people that do come in crisis, holding on to the basic things has often gone out the window. 
And the key, I think, to staying well, even when we're feeling really shitty, is to try to hold on to the things that we know keep us well. Yeah. And people will say, yeah, I haven't eaten any breakfast or yeah. I haven't drunk any water today. I haven't been to the gym in a month. Yeah. And it, even though it feels really, really hard, those are the things, the pillars that I think keep us well. Yeah. I'm so retentive about looking at my diary and even six months in advance. I've got to put yoga in there. I have to do this. <laughs> I have to do that. Because yeah. I know that it keeps me well, even if I don't want to do it. Yeah. It's, um, it's, um, it's ongoing self-care, isn't it? But not self-care in a sort of buzzword trend self-care. not in a uh, the metaphor i use often is not this bubble bath with a glass of wine which is lovely yeah yeah, but yeah. self-care is really hard and not very glamorous all the time yeah not instagrammable um, not right? instagrammable yeah. no yeah. or maybe it is instagrammable now but it, i just think the, the, the glorified idea of self-care is really just one aspect of it yeah you know how can we have a lovely day out with our friends self-care x y and z if we really don't feel we can relate to people yeah 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 it's such a true point i think it, especially in the world of social media um self-care or that even just sort of like the hashtag self-care has sort of become it what well, it has become a trend mm. um but it isn't rooted in anything no and it, and it doesn't actually make you feel better like the next day it's like having a glass of wine never right. makes anyone feel yeah. better i'm sorry i really really resist that idea that it does it's yeah it doesn't really have any benefits in my mind i'm yeah. not saying that i don't do it but the idea that it does make you feel better having a good time definitely does yeah having fun yeah i can't see it myself yeah it's yeah i've um when i'm on call for births i can't drink yeah obviously and um, no one wants a drunk person turning up at your labor <laughs> so um over christmas new years i had well a five-week period of not drinking i mean i had like the odd glass of wine as like a real sort of treat treat yeah but even that associating it with it's a treat, not a treat is not a treat because actually the next day i'd wake up feeling a bit cloudy mm. and a little bit down yeah from one glass of wine i really feel exact i mean i don't drink wine anyway but i do like a cocktail mm. but i really i'm just doing six months no drinking just because those of my clients are and it doesn't feel like a problem to me yeah. to try yeah but i do think even one drink takes your sharpness away the yeah. next day and you you notice it more when you don't drink regularly yeah. Yeah, definitely. Yeah. And sleep is disturbed. Yeah. The sugar in your body, the way the body processes, all of those things. Mm. It, of course we don't feel our best selves. Mm. Um, I think it, it's interesting because in like January, for example, you have dry January, right? Yes. Sorry, Jodie just pulled a face and I'm like, <laughs> yes. That, so I, I mean, I don't have a, any problem with someone saying I'm not going to drink. But I think when we turn it into, like, a commodity, like, well, I'm not going to drink for January, but, yeah. you know. But then and then you what, go we're out all going to go and get messed up in February. Exactly. How does that, you know, I'm all for moderation. Yeah. So for me, it's, uh, I think the best way to good mental health is to live moderately and in a contained way and know why we're doing things. And that might mean drinking once every two weeks and that's what I do or not drinking in the week or yeah. uh, having uh, I know that I'm three cocktails if I ever have any and that really is my limit mm. so what's what's the moderate approach you're much better to drink in January um, a little bit yeah. than not at all and then make up for it and for the binge. next 11 months yeah, yeah. <laughs> 
I guess yeah. if, it, if it breaks habits, then great. But it, I can't see if we go from no drinking to back to how we were, it's very helpful. Yeah, or even how you were, but times 10 for that one exactly. night. It's like... Exactly. Yeah, it's quite I'm extreme. Not, I'm not... Yeah, I... Yeah, it's a weird advocate for it. No, me neither. I mean, great if people want to do it. I'm not sort of shame. No, there's not shame a judgment anyone. there. But for like for me, I'm the kind of person that if I'm like right, especially in my twenties, I'm going on a diet now, and then I'll eat an entire pack of digestives because actually it's like I well, I can't deal with being restricted, so mm-hmm. I'm gonna rebel against myself and sabotage it. Yeah, exactly, self sabotage. So I I know full well that if I'm like well, I'm not going to drink for the whole of January. By the time that's over, even if I don't particularly want to, it will almost be like a subconscious self-destruct that I will go out and get shit-faced. Exactly. And, <laughs> and then feel full of regret and shame and, oh, God, I'm so rubbish. Why have I done this? Yeah, and not and just not feeling good. And I do think um, the idea of just eating well, mostly, mm. and if you want to eat bad, you know, things that you think are bad, then occasionally that's also okay. Yeah. I think the idea of sustainable moderation is a really important one. Mm. Um, and how do we re-educate ourselves around what is a treat and what isn't a treat? Yeah. Um, yeah, yeah. And maybe even if we aren't replacing things we deem as bad with good things for a treat, not think of them as a reward or a treat. So yeah. if we're like, today's been a really shitty day, I'm going to have a glass of wine, that's my treat. The treat you would be better to look at is how do I make sure tomorrow's not as shitty? Yeah. How do I look at what was shitty today and, and, and work it out? Yeah. Rather than drink something which will make to almost you forget about it. Yeah, 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 yeah. So I think actually the treat to yourself is insight, right? pushing on the door of knowing of knowledge self-knowledge whatever that is yeah do you think so i'm trying to figure out how to word this but i think the idea of um sort of rewarding behavior Mm. whatever that reward might be makes me think of children yes (laughs) and how we raise our kids and and then also generationally like how we were raised Mm. um because i feel that rewarding children especially you know for being a good boy or a good girl and then they can get an ice cream or this it's already implementing this kind of rewarding rewarding behavior Mm. so it's a difficult thing to unpick when you're then yes because we do raise validation speaks really you know speaks to the psyche really well so it's also how do we find the idea how do we validate children because I also don't agree with sports days that don't celebrate winners I find that really difficult you know my children's school they don't celebrate the winners of the race now that's not life either yeah because if you are brilliant at something you should be celebrated celebrated. and you might be celebrated at school for your amazing maths but someone else is great at running so why are they not getting a reward it doesn't even need to be a reward but a validation that you Mm. did that well and you're good at that Mm. doesn't mean that you're bad at everything else or someone else is worse but i i i think there's a fine line between um not celebrating people's successes because this is how we understand ourselves and i think this is why we have things like x factor where there are terrible, terrible people singing, you know, singing terribly, who think they're really good. Yeah. Because no one actually said, you're not actually very good at that. But you might be good at this. You might be excellent yeah, at yeah. something else. So yeah. is it not about 
self-awareness and yeah. so I, I was just thinking about my son he got a um he just started secondary school and he got he, they send you a message to say whether they did something bad or whether they did something good um and we had lots of quite you know discussions about how, what did he think would be good for him what would he like to work towards if he did well um and how could it was about the transition from me me validating him and him not feeling it to him really feeling that he'd done something good mm. and me saying I agree you can have what, what whatever he wanted which was something to do with Fortnite which I also hate but what's Fortnite? Fortnite's a gaming thing oh we haven't gotten to that stage <laughs> no. yet which is another thing you know oh. which is another like, ah, another challenge yeah, yeah to face and how we manage it but yeah, that was a bit of a ramble about answering your question. I don't really know what the answer is because there's also no point in working really hard and not being rewarded or not being seen to have done. It's about yeah. being seen to have, yeah, have yeah. having done it. And then yeah. what type of reward do we get? Because it's also no good getting something you don't really want because then you're yeah. not going to work for it again. Yeah, yeah, yeah. So is it the combination of... The feeling of I did it and I feel amazing. That's the information that we want our young people to have, mm. right? The feeling that I feel good that I did it. It's not because I got the. It's not. I'm not doing it for the ice for cream. The, yeah, 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 yeah. It's the combination. Yeah. And also the other thing I would think is that getting the ice cream in isolation is probably not what the child really wants. It might be the quality time with the parent. Yes. So is it that we go together and we yeah. sit and we celebrate you and we eat ice cream together? Yeah. That's the value. Versus I buy you a Cornetto from the corner shop yeah, and watch maybe. TV and eat it. Yeah, maybe. Yeah, yeah, it's so true. Who knows, um, really? So we spoke briefly before we started recording and found out that we're both from Lewis. Yes. How did your journey to um, becoming a therapist originate? Not from birth. Like you don't have to go way back. <laughs> no, well, I used to be in TV. That's what I did when I um, I went to drama school. And okay. um, I thought I wanted to be on the TV. And I started with Channel 5. I did wildlife. And um, mm. I couldn't understand why I was in the Bahamas swimming with dolphins and felt utterly miserable. Um, and I couldn't understand because this is what I wanted. And then I worked really hard to get there. And then I couldn't find any meaning in it didn't have any meaning for me is that when um, you started therapy well no what happened was I had seen I guess in your psyche you know somewhere because I already knew that the thing I wanted to do was train as a drama and movement therapist mm. it, but I didn't know it until that moment but I must have known in my psyche somewhere it wasn't even something I'd looked at but I was like that's what I'm gonna do and so I I stayed in telly for a little bit and then I um retrained as a drama therapist um to train as a therapist you have to be in therapy yourself yeah I think had I not been interested in training in it I might not have found myself in therapy mm. um and I'm really glad that I did yeah <laughs> that was really the value in starting the journey was the combination of those two things yeah but really it came from the sense that I couldn't make meaning I didn't feel meaning in my life in the way that I do now or the way that I knew I wanted to yeah um, what was I going to ask you? So you you st 
studied in art and drama therapy. Yes, I trained at Central School of Speech and Drama back then. And within the self-space, what kind of therapy do you offer? Because therapy is quite a broad totally. term. Yeah, yeah, yeah. So we're quite specific about who we work with as our therapists. Um, we like to have quite dynamic practitioners that I think are relatable to the people that we're working with. We only take people that are two years qualified or more on with an MA equivalent. We work with psychoanalysts, um, psychodynamic psychotherapy, drama and movement therapists. We've just taken on a music therapist. Art, we've got a brilliant art therapist. Mm. Um, we've got uh, integrative counsellors. So we've got a range of um, uh, practitioners. Yeah. We don't have anybody who's a CBT trained practitioner alone. Um, and that's just been a choice that I've made because I... I think the skills of CBT are incredible um, in in treating symptoms, but I'm really interested in going backwards Causality. in order to come forwards. Yeah. Um, oh, God, what was I going to ask you? So if someone was, say I wanted to come and see someone, but I didn't quite know who or what, mm. because those terms are quite... Um, oh, unless yeah, you're dry. in, well, but also like, unless you're within this world, I guess, or familiar yes. with the language, it's not. It's really. I wouldn't foreign. know where to place myself. Totally, and, no, and I'm a therapist, and nor do I. <laughs> so I, I think, and what I encourage people to do is to read people's biographies and go with somebody they're interested in. Okay. Let's oh, stay wow, with the human. Way. Yeah. Let's not worry about what people's titles are, unless you have a specific thing that you're dealing with, which might be. Eating disorders, yeah. um, addiction is a specialism, but lots of practitioners can work with dependency. So I don't think we should get hooked up on people's titles. If we know that people are qualified and, and they have, have the qualifications they need, then go with somebody that interests you. Mm. And we currently don't have photos on the site, which is something that is coming up quite a lot in the team around you know should we shouldn't we and it was a decision that it's I made because I want people not to make judgments yeah about the way people look yeah um, and I think it can be challenging for people if you want somebody of a certain ethnicity as a practitioner and that's fine you can drop us a line and we'll tell you on the team who is but I didn't I wanted to really get back to basics which is who am I curious in yeah who do I want to spend time in the room with and yeah. I'm not suggesting that you'll find out loads about them but it's a really good place to start yeah yeah yeah. that's such an interesting point like I'd never you know the first thing you do when you I, like I did with you like I looked you up I <laughs> yeah. want you know I wanted to see what you looked like but even without it being a cognitive decision I was just like well you know yeah and then you do start to paint a picture of who you're going to be sat Working with, with. Yeah. yeah definitely that's such a interesting yes way of doing it I and, really and like I it. think there'd probably be some resistance to that in the industry you know but I for me I think we need to stay connected to the human things that make us human what brought us to the room mm. how did we get there I, like you say I don't understand what those titles mean mm. by understanding them in uh, from a dictionary term we're still not really going to understand yeah so let's start with what we know yeah who am I going to feel comfortable talking yeah. to yeah 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 and we also don't make um, huge analysis around um, clients moving practitioner within the team so we share notes okay um, and I think it's really important that the client clicks with the person yeah yeah yeah, um, yeah. and sometimes that can be symptomatic of how they are outside the room if yeah. there's lots of moving but also really it's okay 
yeah, yeah. That, that just didn't work for me. I'm going to try someone else. Yeah. And I'd rather they stayed under the self-space umbrella than doing it outside in a context where when you rock up to a therapist, you've no idea that they've been to 20 before. Yeah. Unless yeah, yeah, they tell it's you. True. Yeah, yeah. At least so here true. we can say, oh, you've been to see yeah. X. Yeah. It feels safer to me. Yeah, it does. It's nice. It's creating a container for people. Mm. Um, yeah, which if you're going to therapy, you need to be held. Exactly. Yeah. To feel supported and safe. Yeah. Yeah, great. Um, so how do people... Um, I want to come to self-space. What's my first step? Um, download the app from the app store. Um, register on the website so or on the app. So you register for an account. Mm -hmm. You'll be asked five basic questions around your mental health. Mm -hmm. and, um, and then it's as simple as reading biogs, choosing who you want to come and see, where, which location we're in white city now we launched today oh amazing congratulations <laughs> yeah and um, we've got two in shoreditch and then one in borough so choose which site you want to go to or where the person is that you want to be want to see and what time you want to come and it's as simple as that are you hoping to branch out wider than london i hope so yeah yeah i'd like us to be international one yeah. day you know the mission in the beginning was one in every major high street i don't know if that still remains true as in I'm not quite sure the high street is right for us and that's mm. not because um, we want to be hidden but it's maybe smaller high streets you know the second yeah. major the second yeah, yeah, major yeah. high street the kind of slightly quirky not part. Oxford street not Oxford street although I'd like to see one I'd like <laughs> to see one in the heart of Soho actually that's on yeah. my mind yeah but that's, I mean, that's different than going next to the shop that sells like the, the snow globes <laughs> and Big Ben in and, exactly. and like next to H&M. Exactly. Like, yeah. But it would be interesting, you know. I just think um, I'd like to see self space at airports. I'd like to see it at festivals. I'd God, like to yeah. see it at places where people experience high um, stress as well. And how can we support in those places? Yeah, I think it's amazing. It's really great. It's such a it's such a strong brand. Um, and yeah, like you should be at festivals and all of these places because it's so. people, yeah, it just destigmatizes it. It makes yeah. it very normal. Yes. And it should be. And I also think the idea of people allocating money to their mental health is very important. Yeah. People say, no, I couldn't afford it, but they can afford 10 drinks at the bar. But the, yeah, I mean, it, yeah. <clears throat> and I'm not saying that everybody can afford it. I really, you know, I'm not. And our service doesn't service everybody at the moment because we aren't a charity. Mm. But I do think that we don't prioritise mental health money mm -hmm. um, yeah. and we go to the NHS. Yeah, which, I mean... It's like, great, amazing, yeah, incredible. Yeah, of course. But, but also, I mean, one of my friends uh, went through therapy at the NHS, or actually started therapy at the NHS. It was a six-week waiting time. And I'm, I don't want to bash the NHS because I think it's amazing. But actually, for people in need from a mental health point of view, six weeks is a really long time. It's a desperate time. wait. And then she had a 30-minute session with um, a woman who ticked some boxes and kind of gave her quite prescriptive language. Would you say you were feeling X, Y, or Z? You know, so there isn't any room for... And I'm not, that might not be everyone's experience. Yeah. How I mean, are you doing? Yeah. It was very prescriptive. And then it was like, right, I'll see you again in a month. And... I mean, that's one case. I don't know how it is in every trust. And perhaps that's because of the place that she was at mentally and other people might receive different levels of care. Mm. But that really isn't adequate. Like No, and also what I think tends to happen is within six weeks we can feel better. 
Yeah. So then we don't access the service. And then, because it's not a maintenance thing, yeah. it, it, it's slightly counterproductive. That And what I really hope that we can hold on to is that normally within two hours, you can see someone at self space. Wow. So if you wanted to come now in yeah. two hours, you could probably get a session. Yeah. Um, and I think the immediacy of things is sometimes really needed. Yeah. And it might just be, I've got a massive dinner tonight, family dinner tonight, and I'm totally stressing yeah, out yeah, about yeah. it. Yeah. But it might also be some something else. And I think the quality of having a conversation where somebody has the time to say, how, how that, are you? Yeah. What's happening for you? And to look you in the eye mm. and not sort of be doing forms. the box. Mm. Yeah. Yeah. Um, okay. Thank you so much Great. for talking. I feel like I could just, we could, yeah, carry on. <laughs> me but too. we're, we're going to wrap it up. Um, thank you so much for having me. Pleasure. Um, and, yeah. Thank you. It's been great. <laughs> Thanks for having us. Thank you.